What is going on, my action takers? It is Brian Ford with Self-Improvement Daily. Take ownership of your personal development one tip at a time. Are you ready for some next level knowledge? It is time for a self-improvement sit down. In these interviews, I chat with world leading individuals, people who are the very best at what they do and explore their expertise and experience. If you like the usual two minute episodes I share every weekday, then don't worry, I'll have a new one for you tomorrow. But this is a real opportunity to learn. And today's guest is world class. It's time for self-improvement sit down number 42 with Joel Brown. And we are live. Today's guest is Joel Brown. As an elite coach and speaker, Joel travels the world to facilitate transformational events and experiences. He is best known as the founder of AddictedToSuccess.com, the number one self-development resource on the internet, and as the host of the Addicted to Success podcast. He's been featured in Forbes, Success Magazine, Entrepreneur Inc., and the Think and Grow Rich movie. And most impressively, Joel remains humble in his faith and dedication to serving others. Joel Brown, very excited to chat with you today, brother. Brian, 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 finally, here we are. (laughs) I just really appreciate the fact that you've stayed the course, you know, and and you commit to not just self-development, but also impact and and really living in your purpose to serve more people. And it's just really cool to be able to share this platform with you today. So thanks a million for introducing me to your amazing tribe. So stoked. Some of the work that you've helped me through, and it's totally changed my life, is about casting a 10-year vision. And this is a technique that the Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort, taught you which is about putting yourself in your own shoes 10 years from now and thinking through how you want things to be and thinking that through in vivid detail. So if you could walk us through that process, what it means to cast a vision and why it's so effective. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We're kicking off 2021 and uh, this has been a big conversation. You know, a lot of people have had a, a year of... I call them character shapers, right? Mm. Some challenges that come into play. I believe that our true character rises when we're facing the storm. And, uh, you know, some people have legitimately been through a tough period. Uh, Some have been through an opportunity to invest in things that they never thought they'd invest into, but there is an opportunity that has uh, revealed itself. Uh, I believe that the money doesn't disappear. It just moves to different places, you know, and you've got to get out there and work out. Okay where can I best put my value and exchange this? And you know, what, what's possible now? What's, what's different? Where have the chess pieces moved on the board? Uh, so a lot of people are now are in this like pivot mode or this transitional period uh, and they're considering things that they hadn't considered before. So what, what better time than now to really dive into your vision of what you're creating for the future, right? Mm. Uh, one of the laws and principles that are you know hard set in life no matter how much you want it to change is the fact that change is inevitable and so looking at that it's like well well, how am i going to set myself up to win in times of change like how can we create more certainty in life the way we do this is to get more structured you know we Mm -hmm. can't control a thousand percent of every single you know moving piece uh otherwise we'd be god (laughs) (laughs) right? And even then God allows for room for things to naturally expand and grow and do what it needs to do. So I look at this as here's an opportunity that lays before us to to step into an exciting plan for our future. 
So the key here is to craft a vision for your future like I did 12 years ago. I remember sitting in this room with Jordan Belfort at the Wolf of Wall Street and he challenged me for the first time in my life to think vision, not goals. And he said to me, he said, goals are good for short-term achievements, but a vision is great and powerful for long-term success. And so I love this concept because what it meant was that if I was to sit down and really map out my 10 years, okay, with no attachment to it, having to 100% be this thing, but getting more so in the excitement and the feeling of creating something epic in my life and almost imagining and, and practicing the showing up and building the certainty and the confidence in becoming the ultimate version of me sooner than the 10 years in order to achieve it. I like that idea. That was, mm. that was awesome, man. It was the first time I ever heard this concept and I had never committed to something like that when it comes to, you know, what, what, what am I capable of creating for my future? What, who is the ultimate version of me? Uh, do I deserve this? Am I good enough? All these things that we constantly are like doubting ourselves on and questioning ourselves about, we now get to step into this and look at this as if I was to create something new and do something different, how would my life actually look? And I love this idea of really just sitting down, mapping out the 10 years, reverse engineering it. You know, what did I have to do in the ninth year to get to the 10th, the eighth to get to the ninth, the fifth to the sixth, the first to the second year? Like what's exciting for me? Looking in a way where I'm not attached to it having to be perfect, but knowing that the greatest gift that comes from living in your vision comes from not what you acquire, but who you become in the process. Mm -hmm. Like it shapes you, you know, and, and it stretches you in this this zone that's outside of your comfort zone because your current identity that you're living in right now as you're listening to this is your comfort zone. The moment you start to come out, I'm not saying you got to stretch and snap you know, out of it. That's not the key. It's to, to come out of it a little 1%, 2% at a time. And the vision encourages you to do this mm. because you're, you're mapping out a game plan that's exciting that actually inspires you, not motivates you, but inspires you. There's a difference. Mm. to come out of your comfort zone day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. And what you see is that your dreams are actually closer than you think as you commit more and more to your vision and it will blow your mind. The fact that we're being given this gift to create, just like our creator, it's insane to see what we're actually capable of. We're literally scratching the tip of the iceberg. And I love that when you commit to your vision, because your vision keeps you disciplined. It chooses your friends for you. It teaches you what to say yes to. It teaches you what to say no to. It shapes you. But it also moves you into this amazing identity. And I don't believe that we change at the core. But I do believe that we have an opportunity to grow. Hmm. There's a big difference there. So you're inspired. You grow. You become a creator. You stand in your power. You're no longer waiting for motivation because you're inspired. You're in spirit. You're in alignment. And you're intentional. You're not sitting and waiting just for the law of attraction. You pair the law of attraction, which is the matching the frequency of what it is that you desire most. And then it's applying the law of intention, which is set it and get it. Right? You become a master of that law of change, which is it's inevitable for change, but you become a master because you get to be adaptable. You get to move. You're malleable in your approach, but you're also intentional about how you achieve your dreams. It's pretty amazing stuff, Brian. Yeah, I mean, you've outlined something that I have had so much faith in in the last year and something that I'm starting to understand. And even as you, you know, started kind of making a difference between goals and visions, you know, 
And then now you bring in the difference between the law of attraction and the law of intention. Something that I've been thinking a lot about is how do you connect to that ultimate vision and how does that relate to the law of attraction? And what I've found to be true, and it's a, a theory that I'm kind of working on and experimenting with myself, is when you set that intention, then you set the ideal for how things can be in your life and that you're committed to pursuing that. And what happens on a quantum metaphysical level is you grow closer with that thing in that sphere or on that spectrum. But then that, that change, that shift is not represented in a physical environment. So what you have to do yeah. is you have to be aware of all the different possibilities that line up to connect you to that intention in this physical world. And that is manifestation, yeah. in my opinion. It's you knowing where you want to go and then the universe delivering all of those little nuggets that helps you get there that you don't realize were from the divine. You didn't realize that it was part of your path, but because you connected on a metaphysical level, now you're being facilitated on a physical level. And that's just, it's, it's incredible how this quantum environment works. And I think people are so focused on what we have in front of us with the physical world that we don't consider this metaphysical world. And that's exactly what setting a vision does is it's working in that metaphysical yeah. world and letting the byproduct be within the physical world. You alluded to like this esoteric, the quantum field. Man, you couldn't have made it even more true a statement. You know, it's, it's true. We're co-creating with God. That's what we're doing, hmm. right? Like, let's be real about it. It's, it's not just like what you see in front of you. There's so much more that's at play. And we are our own worst obstacles. We're in our way over and over again. And when we get out of our own way and we realize that we get to be the master of our minds and not the slave to it mm. and be in that co-creation, right? And, and be able to even just think of an idea. How insane is this, Brian? To come up with an idea and to really just cultivate that idea in our mind and brew on it and season it and then breathe life into it and actually see it in reality, it's insane when you see that come into fruition. It's like, wow, there's a power there that I was able to uh, you know, be a part of and I co-created with in order to be able to create this. And I truly believe, you know, I, I'm a big believer in God and, and I look, you know, I study a lot around the kingdom of God, which is what Jesus preached. He didn't come to speak religion. He didn't speak Christian. He didn't speak any of that. He just spoke kingdom. And this is, you know, what it is, is that we have dominion over this earth. We have this open and available to us. And I look at this and I'm just like, man, we are so blessed. Like the, the cards are so heavily stacked in our favor. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I love the fact that like, we don't know all the answers right now. You've got to sprinkle it with a little bit of faith in that we strategize as much as we can which also shows through our actions that we're serious about what we're creating. And so more starts to show up in itself. You know, we have obviously the reticular activating system in our brain too. So like what you start to get intentional about, it starts to also focus on because our brain is essentially like a dog looking for a bone. You throw the bone out, you say, here we go. It starts like, -ni 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 -ni, like <laughs> you know, dialing in on it to see where it is and, and it puts it together. It's, it's really incredible stuff. You know, all of this has been available uh, for us since day one. But so many of us are not realizing this. And this is that like self-realization of like, wow, this is my power. When I heal my traumas, when I heal my wounds, when I get out of my own way and I realize that there's more to life than just me, 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 because we live in a very, we, we do live in a very self, self, self narcissistic culture. It's, it's actually getting worse in that sense. But at the same time, people are also able to realize this 
more than ever. And we're, we've got this kind of like this, these two worlds that are happening right now. And what's really cool is once you realize that you can create something greater than just you, that there's more to be of service of, I really believe that you tap into an even stronger power of co-creation with God in the process because it's now not about you. It's about what emanates from you and what you're here to really deliver to the world. You know, a lot of people are, are not realizing that it's something as, as, you know, let's say as, as uh, pretty straight down the line as like this conversation of wealth. Uh, some people just will believe for their whole life it's really hard to get, you know? And if we simplify, like if we look at the laws in nature and look at the principles and even just like this vision process, like what do I desire to create? If I look at things as it's going to be tough or it's going to be hard, I can give you all the strategies you want, but it, you're going to sit there and, and you're going to play at 20% or 10% when you write this vision. I want you to play at 100. I want you to know that this game is a lot easier when you get out of your own way, right? Because if we're not setting ourselves up to win from the start, it, it makes it tough. Like if I got a, a roadmap and I met, like I knew that here was the point that I really wanted to get to, but I made myself go in all these different patterns and here it would take me forever to get there. You know, I'd run out of petrol. I'd, you know, have problems with, you know, things along the way. I get frustrated. It's, it's like we make our job way harder than it, than it has to be. Mm -hmm. But what I do know is if I start looking at this game of life in a way where I grab the complexities and simplify it, which is what I love doing, it can be straightforward and it can be fun and exciting rather than like, oh my gosh, I'm going to talk myself out of my biggest dreams because I don't know if I deserve it yet. So the first key before you even strategize is moving yourself to a place of certainty. This is the first, first stage, certainty. Mm -hmm. So if I develop certainty in who I am because I've gone through this process of wanting to, committing to self-awareness and healing my wounds and working through my traumas, I've now gotten out of my own way and I've got this awesome clear canvas I get to create from. What it also means is that when I start speaking and putting myself out there, building business, connecting with people, right? Negotiating, investing, whatever it may be that I'm doing, I'm now coming from a place of conviction. And in that conviction and in that inspired alignment with that power, people feel it and go, wow, that man or that woman is influential. Okay. We can do a lot with influence. If I, if I can now influence, it means I can stand on stages. I can create content and get it out there. I can stand in boardrooms, meetings, and have massive influence to be able to, to move it to a place. But I, I don't just mean influence as in persuade. I mean influence as in authentically influence someone to want to be a part of an experience that you're about to create or you've created and you're now enrolling them in a greater vision, right? Mm -hmm. More people start showing up to support you in executing that vision to make it bigger. And so the reason why a lot of people do this is because they don't usually have their own visions. So if they hear someone that has an epic vision, they want to walk with them and, and make it happen with them too. They may see them as an assistant to the vision. And that's okay too, because we need people like that. But ultimately, once you've moved from that place from certainty to influence, the third stage is impact. This is where we get to have a lot of fun, man. This is, I love what you're up to, Brian. I know you're connected with people like Adam Braun and Case Kenny and Amato. Like now you start moving power for power, collaborating with people that are movers and shakers that are also influential in their own right. And now as a team, as a co-creation, you're bringing even more to the world with your impact. So now that we've got that down, it's like, okay, cool. From a from a mindset point of view, we understand the workings and the goings on. 
right? It's about forgiveness, no longer holding the boulder back here and, and not sitting in resentment and creating from a place of force and resentment, but creating from a place of what you're truly inspired to, to create. Now we can talk strategy. Mm -hmm. strategy is the mechanics and to be honest it's the 20 percent. it's really important it's a really important 20 percent, but it's the part that we get to jump into once we've cleared the canvas sure well so let's focus on that 80 percent then because if that's the key piece then let's get clear on that and i think something that i've definitely gone through when it comes to being an instructor and a, a professional and kind of accountable to being an educational source is cultivating that certainty to then cultivate that conviction to then and an influence to then cultivate that impact, right? And that's something that I think is incredibly important, but it's not an easy process. And I've gone through all of the same woes as anyone else of what do I have to say? Is it really important? Is it even correct? Who am I to think this? Who am I to have this opportunity? And there's almost like a worthiness issue. So when it comes to yeah. relating that to the vision, you need to make sure that the worthiness is is in place because then if you feel like you're unworthy, that's when you get in your own way. So being yeah. able to step out of your own way by feeling the worthiness, by loving yourself. And, and again, kind of like focusing on that individual unique impact versus the off the shelf ability to impact. Like that's when you really step into this, this ultimate power that we have to, to tap into. So that's, that's a process Absolutely. I've gone through with self-belief, but I don't know necessarily what I did to change that within myself. I think it's just exposure and, and growth through challenge and failure, to be honest, um, to be able to understand what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. But when you see people who are kind of stuck either in their traumas or in their past or histories, and they kind of lack self-belief, what do you do to help them cultivate that? What are a few things that people can start thinking through and like really stepping into acknowledging their truth? Yeah, it's such a great question, Brian. I love that you've gone in there. You know, I, I think it's really important to to or do this self audit, right? And ask yourself, where am I creating from? You know, like if you can understand your driver of like why it's really important to you, and and you know, some people legitimately say, you know, I really want to inspire. I really want to you know create some amazing things. And ask yourself if there was anything that would be holding me back from playing at 100%, what is it within me that I'm telling myself that's dimming my light? Mm. And often what I do see with a lot of entrepreneurs is, and this is my own journey too, man, is when I was uh, younger, you know, in high school, I spent from year, so we, we get into high school in Australia from year eight and we, we graduate at year 12, okay? And I spent pretty much from year nine to year 11 uh, being bullied every day, recess and lunch, you know, because I hated injustice and I saw these guys going around picking on anyone and everyone they could, you know, the overweight people, the Asians, the gothics, the, you know, everyone, right? And the nerds and all that. And, and I just like, one day I was like, this is, I've had enough. I, I learned kickboxing and capoeira, the Brazilian martial arts. I was very confident myself, I step in. And then I became the new target, the new challenge. So that was my high school life. And I remember eventually getting to a really big fight. I just turned around and one day and just said, I've had enough. Like, let's do this. Got into this really big fight. It was a premeditated thing. Weeks later, I tapped on the shoulder, punched in the face, knuckle dusters, steel cap boots. I jumped on by 10 guys. Uh, you know, it took about 15 minutes for the teachers to even break the fight up. It was, it was a bloody fight. You know, like my white shirt was covered in blood. My teeth were busted up. Uh, he was in a pretty bad shape too, the main culprit. 
went to court and everything. And that was my high school life. I ended up dropping out. I never finished high school, you know? And I remember meeting this fork in the road and what I thought I took at the time was either victim or the victor. And I was like, I'll take the victor. I'm going to channel all my focus, my energy, uh, you know, this, this like hunger to, to really crush it into music. And I did really well in the music industry. Uh, managing songwriters, producers, DJing and all that, got into radio, signed a deal out in America and moved out to Miami, Florida and worked with some really big artists. But at one point, two years in the line, down the line working in the music industry, I would wake up every morning feeling this knot in my stomach, staring at the roof every morning when I wake up and this line in my head of you're not supposed to be here. And I checked in, man. It wasn't a worthiness thing of, am I worthy of this? It, I realized I got to a point where it was this like exhaustion. And this happens to a lot of entrepreneurs that come from a place of what we call overcompensationary success. So I was in this, what I thought was my passion for so long. And I learned so much in this space and it was amazing. I got to a point where I realized, wow, I was trying to prove everybody wrong that I felt like I had seen me got beaten back then that I'm like, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I'm going to do so that was driving me. And so I ended up getting to a point where I'm like, I can't do this any longer and play this out because I'm exhausted from playing this game and wearing this mask. I'm sure a lot of people that are listening right now, if you're listening, you're in this, you, you get it, right? It's not in the stomach. It's the monotonous loop and it's the exhaustion. And I left, I left the music industry. Everyone thought I was crazy. My closest friends, my producers, they were like, are you sure? And, you know, we're getting red carpet events, working with major label recording artists. I remember going back to Australia and just hitting the reset, getting grounded back in my hometown in Perth. And uh, I took a sales job. That's where I met Jordan Belfort. You know, I ended up working out in the deserts of Western Australia, catching snakes and lizards and kangaroos and, you know, boiling hot heat, like 120 degree Fahrenheit heat most days working 28 days with a four days off. It was, it was intense, man, but it's because I bit the bullet and I was saving money to implement uh, and integrate and invest into my business and really blow this thing up and commit to the vision. I was like, do or die. Uh, but I realized that when I casted my vision that day and I, I, I stood at the front of the room and I declared my vision, it was like this commandment, you know, like this is where I am. This is like, I will, I will. It was like, it's very, it was very, um, we're going all in. There's full commitment here and ownership. And I commanded it in a way where it sunk so deep in me that I was so inspired. I saw like this like bigger vision and this bigger colorful life ahead of me that I got so excited to create and I'd do anything and everything. And it came from a very different place. It came from inspiration. Mm. When you're coming from overcompensationary success, there's a desperation there of trying to prove it's still holding anger. It's still holding resentment. I'm needing courage all the time to try and pull me through to achieve. Now I'm in a place, I can say this for sure, even just looking back in retrospect over the last 12 years, as I've developed more and more over time uh, and worked through my struggles and cleared, cleared things out and closed out loops, I realize the difference between inspiration and motivation, force and power desperation and creation like there's a massive difference and this is why i love teaching the vision process because i want more and more people to feel this mm. you know it's got to come it's got to come from a place where you've got this purpose connected to it that's higher than yourself and it is because you see that there's this problem in the world and you're there to hold space for that and and be present with that 
and you focus on bringing a solution because you know how much has changed your life that you also want to be able to deliver that to others. Yeah. Well, what you're describing is transformation in itself. And I think it's so powerful first because your example gives anyone hope that they can be in those circles. They can relate exactly where you were. You know, you were catching snakes in Australia. Like that could be anybody. And then you get so clear and so committed to something that you end up growing and becoming the person that you always dreamed to be. And if you can do it, anyone can do it. And the yeah. fact that you went through that process and that personal transformation, that makes you the, the most qualified to teach that to other people. And if that's what lights you up, because you know how valuable it's been for yourself, then it would be a disservice for you not yeah. to do it for other people. But I think there's something that you're touching on, which wasn't intuitive to me. And I think it's, it's, it's kind of embedded in that story you just told which is the idea of transformation. Because you think of making yeah. positive changes or introducing habits or kind of like steering the ship. Transformation is bold. And like you said, that commandment, like there was a moment when things shifted and you transformed. And I'd love for you to, to elaborate on that specific shift that you can make. It's a large, broad shift that is a transformation. Yeah. How do people acknowledge that and tap into that? And really, how do they yeah. pursue that? So if we were to break down the stages, and this is based off what I experienced and also what I noticed my students and my clients experiencing as we're coaching and going through the process, and I've defined it like this. First stage is destruction. You have destruction, okay? Then you have desperation. It's like climbing out of the hole, got to get out, got to get out. Then you have motivation, need to be motivated, need to keep it up, right? To be able to keep feeling like I'm good. Then you have inspiration, which is different. Then you have creation and you have transformation, mm, right? They're the six stages. Um, so, so it's just like, I want you to really gauge, like check in with yourself right now, engage. Out of all those stages, those six, destruction, desperation, motivation, inspiration, creation, and transformation. Which Asian are you? <laughs> right? Which one are you? Yeah. Be because like if we can determine at least where we are, then what I've been sharing so far on this call, you can work out, okay, this is kind of where I'm at. So I'm ready to step up to this, you know? Mm -hmm. And the stage of certainty, which I broke down before, certainty is developed when you start to move to a place of uh, not even creation, bro. It's transformation. It's like these are the leads leading up to certainty once you go through that process of transformation and this doesn't just happen on a level where you know some people say like you know transforming the mind and transforming the heart it's like if we were to actually look at it biologically i know there's you know some studies out there it says you know the heart has its own mind and all this other stuff um and and you know i get it i get the way that they're uh i guess breaking it down but if we were to look at what it really is and how we function as humans it is really interesting when you look at the, and I've done a lot of study around this, the unconscious part of your brain, right? So you've got the conscious and the unconscious. You've got the aware and the unaware. There's two worlds that exist within us. And then when people say things like, oh yeah, I think it's like self-sabotage. Self-sabotage doesn't exist. And I know it sounds like, wait a minute, what? Self-sabotage doesn't exist? I'll break it down. Self-sabotage doesn't exist because you are always getting what you want. The question is, which part of you is getting it? Hmm. The conscious or the unconscious, right? And then when you look at the unconscious, the unconscious is the body and the body is the unconscious. It's the part of you that sends, the triggers, the feelings. It's the habit mind. 
So we look deeper into this and look at like, if we were to really transform our heart, right, which is part of the body, it's an unconscious shifting and reprogramming. And, and it's this movement of perspectives where the other side of the coin is finally being viewed and your frameworks of the world that you operate in have been challenged. And if you accept it, if you accept it as an opportunity to grow and to, to now step into something greater than what you have been uh, living in so far, it shifts your paradigm. And when you shift your paradigm, you now move into a place where your heart has been transformed. Your body has moved cellular, on a cellular level to a new place. And there's this like new excitement that starts to run through you. Like it actually feels electrifying. Mm -hmm. Jobs, anyone can do a job because it's, it's essentially getting skills, acquiring skills and following the system. Work is what you're here to do. It's what God has placed upon your heart hmm. and what you've been inspired when you get out of your own way that's been sent to you as a message to wake up. And that's the whispers of wisdom and the tap on the shoulder by God saying, you're ready. Mm -hmm. Here's the direction we're going to go. And it can be scary, man. There's no doubt. It can be scary. Right. But when your faith is stronger than your fears in those moments of that new creation, bro, a whole new world opens up to you. Super powerful. And th yeah. that's, the, that's the word that echoed the entire story there was the word of faith, which is you resist that unconscious habit, like knee-jerk reaction that you feel because you understand that there's a higher purpose that you're being called to do. And even though it feels uncomfortable, you know that it's correct. And when you talk about the distinction with self-sabotage, it's either the conscious brain or the unconscious brain, one of them wins. It's because your unconscious brain will keep you where you're at because it refuses to accept change. And if you refuse to accept change, then nothing's going to be different, of course, right? But with faith, yep. you have more reasoning to actually overcome that and to believe that you can see a better future. And then you can step into that with more certainty because you have this full faith. And it's even when you're talking about getting out of your own way and you know, even the shifts on a cellular level, like that is potentially, that is, that's potentially the physical representation of the metaphysical as we were talking about. It's like, this is how it starts to introduce change into your world. And, and, and the, the strict faith that you have can actually begin to, to make that shift, which, um, which yeah. is something that is beyond yeah. our comprehension. Bro, you literally become a force to be reckoned with. You become unstoppable because that moment where you have that, like, let's say there's this like healing, this healing, soothing aspect to it because you're like, wow, I finally found something to live for and to give more and to be a part of that's greater than myself. There's this conversation that happens between the conscious and the unconscious. And it's almost like the conscious says, all right, buddy, we are now playing this game and this is where we're headed. I'm the master of you. I'm no longer the slave to you. That conversation that now creates more cohesiveness between the conscious and the unconscious, it, you like enhance your brain power and through that connection to your creator who knows you in your highest capability and form because he created you, you're now playing a very different game as a human being. It's insane. A lot of people don't see it like that. We get so caught up in society, the world, the structures that are in play that are so limiting. I want you to think beyond. I want you to think what's possible when you tap in, when you connect, when you clear, when you align, when you shift your perspective on what we're actually really doing here. It, like I said, it makes the game a hell of a lot easier. I just see the world in a very different way now, man. Yeah. It's really empowering. Yeah. But you, you referenced something at the end, which I think is 
I think it's something that when we're like on this concept, it affects a lot of people. And especially when you're talking about like ownership of your life and your destiny, the reason that a lot of people don't own their life and destiny, if they don't cast their vision is because we talked about the self-belief, they don't feel like they can, but also because they're being influenced by other people and they accept other people's opinions stronger than their own. And I think the inverse of that is how people then react to that by impressing judgment and comparisons through their understanding of that dynamic, that hierarchy that they're kind of investing in or that they're interacting within. So I'd love to ask you then when it comes to people who are in that game of judgment and comparison, how do you shake yourself out of that so that you step into your ownership? Okay. Judgment, comparison, two different things. So if, if I'm judging somebody, it's because I've made what they are doing wrong because of my own experience. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's a wrong thing, right? There's a difference too between judging and judgment. Judging is essentially you're weighing up. We do that all the time. Even if you see somebody, just just like if I saw somebody walking down the street and there was something very different about them compared to what I normally see in a person, they could be really like extremely obese. They could be like super tall. They could be really short, whatever it may be. It's like in my mind, I'm judging away and going, huh? But the judgment, being judgmental Hmm. is different because it's gone through the second gateway there. And what I say next or even just ruminate on becomes the judgment. Okay. And, and we do live in a world where people can be very righteous, man. And the righteous righteousness often comes from ignorance. It comes from adoption. And I can say this, man, strong standing as somebody that identifies as someone that believes in Christ, which you would call a Christian. In those conversations, it's, it's important to seek to understand where someone initially got this view from and being in that conversation with them. Because often what we do is we adopt. But I'm bypassing the structures, the man-made things, the institutions, the projection of beliefs, the, the expectations and everything else. And just going like, where's the truth? So I look at that and just think like, wow, man, my job is not to judge and uh, you know, try and project his righteousness on people. My job is to take ownership for my life mm. and question what I'm adopting. If I can own, like the reason why I believe in what I believe in with Christ is because I've owned it for myself. In the Bible, it says, children of God. It doesn't say grandchildren of God. You've got to choose that for you. You know, that's the difference there. And so, you know, I, I hope that within that you've, you've kind of weighed up within yourself too. Like, okay, what have I adopted? Um, what am I righteous about? What am I assuming? You're like, never assume. You don't know, right? Do I know the true character of the person I'm judging? And also, am I spending hours every week, like ruminating on somebody I don't even know, which is like slowing me down from creating room for my own creation anyway, which keeps me out of my lane. If I'm driving along and looking in someone else's lane long enough, I'm going to crash. Yeah, that's, uh, that's something that I had to learn the hard way. Um, I think it's very natural. I think it's a natural human condition for us to try and draw comparisons because it is so inherent in our society that we need to place ourselves relative to others in order to evaluate our success, especially in kind of like you were mentioning the like the typical laws that we are exposed to and how that operates. Like we believe that we need to figure out our relative placement uh, compared to others. And that's, that's something that I have understood too. And, And kind of what you referenced too is like the subjectivity of that analysis, meaning that you are going to only pull from the information that you know. So your judgment of someone else or your comparison to someone else 
all comes from your own understanding of the way that you believe things to be. And when you, when you come from that place, you have far from a full picture. And the only way that that can rationalize is in the negative way because you're going to overcompensate. It's, it's, it's a nasty cycle, but it's, it's important to be aware of it. It's amazing, man. Yeah. I mean, talk about showing up. You showed up for this. I mean, it's funny because when I listen to podcasts, I usually listen on like one and a half speed to just like to get through it. I'm encouraging people listen on half speed with this one because this was deep. <laughs> like there was, there's a lot to work through on this one. And I encourage people to really understand it because again, if we're talking about this vision, like you've got to get clear on exactly what you're trying to create, what you're authentically capable of. And uh, that's the opportunity for growth and like the true uh, manifestation of your authority and your transformation. So I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be witness to this co-creation. It's been incredible, Joel. And I just, I thank you, man. Thank you, brother. I'm excited for your listeners to be able to implement what they learned today and uh, get into action because like Thomas Edison says, a vision without action is just a hallucination. There you have it, Joel Brown. First, I want to say that I made a goal at the beginning of 2020 to interview Joel and I got it in just in time. His knowledge and understanding is really next level when it comes to helping people step up and into the life that they want in their future. We talked about creating a vision and how 80% of the battle is just thinking big enough and getting out of your own way so that you can accelerate on your path. We also talked about how powerful we are, co-creating in every moment, which provided some tangible elements to the vision creating process. We also talked about transformation. We touched on Joel's background and discovering his gifts and passions and finished with a conversation about the nature of judgment and criticism. If you're an entrepreneur or aspiring professional, I highly recommend you listen to Joel on the Addicted to Success podcast. If you're considering being a coach and looking to learn more about the fundamentals, I suggest you visit his website, www.iamjoelbrown.com coach. Amazing. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for showing up and being so committed to your development. Continue investing in yourself and you will see the rewards. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you next time on Self-Improvement Daily.